Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 168, Dealing with Outside Factors When Turkey Hunting. And I am your host and the guy who is smiling smiling big because we are 63 days 10 hours 21 minutes and 34 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in alabama all right i have to admit there's one other reason why i'm smiling big and if you listen to this show for any length of time then you know this is coming roll tide Congrats to my Crimson Tide football team for yet another national championship. Monday night, that was a heck of a game. And as much as the Alabama fan in me was disappointed in my team's play in the first half, the college football fan in me truly appreciates how well the Bulldogs played in that same first half. Georgia's defensive domination in that half was really and truly the cause of Alabama's frustration and lack of production. Overall, I personally was entertained for over four hours watching the game. I was disappointed for about half of that time and elated at the end, and I'm still elated. You know, if you've pledged allegiance to either of those two teams or just love to hate one of them, then you understand that four-hour emotional roller coaster. It's a lot like the sport of turkey hunting, isn't it? Good times. We're going to move on, but before I do, I can't forget to congratulate the dogs on a great season. The football future in Athens, Georgia right now, is a very bright one. And I also have to thank one other football program and fan base before I move on. A truly heartfelt and special thank you goes out from me to the Auburn Tigers. If your team had not beat my favorite team during the regular season and then gone to Atlanta and lost to Georgia in the SEC championship game, then it would have been my team's badly injured defense that most likely would have gone to Atlanta and gotten spanked by the dogs in that SEC championship game. Instead, the Tide got an extra week off to heal and rest Made it to the playoffs anyway, and it all worked out for the best in the end. That may be the first time I have ever thanked Auburn football fans for anything. And it's probably eating them up a little bit on the inside as well. Today is a historic day. Now, let's move on to talk some turkey. 
I received a question on the website last week from Levi Fisher. Actually, I'm going to go back and touch on this one more time. You guys know I love all of you. I don't care if you're an Auburn fan or not. You're still part of the Turkey Hunter family, and I have to take you as you are. Even if you're a misguided Auburn fan or a misguided Georgia fan, I still love you. Okay, getting back to this. I received a question on my website last week from a listener named Levi Fisher, and I kind of indirectly answered Levi's question in last week's show about the delayed double. But I want to take a few minutes today to answer Levi's question directly because it's a question that I get asked a few times each year. And if I'm getting asked the same question a few times each year, then obviously a lot of you guys have the same question. So here is what Levi asked on the website. I hunt a 94-acre piece of land that is 90% cow pasture. The neighbors own the wooded lot that surround the pasture and do not allow me to hunt it. Last year, I had a couple of big toms come within shooting range, but had a malfunction with my gun and was not able to harvest a tom. I know that there are turkeys on this land, but last year the cows were away from where I was hunting. This year, the cows will be in the pasture that I will be hunting. What is your take on turkeys going into a pasture with cows on it? Do the cows change the pattern of the turkeys, or do the cows really not bother the turkeys? Thanks for your support and help, Levi. Now, if you remember last week's show, that story I shared with you guys answers Levi's question indirectly in that that particular hunt took place on land that has cows on it almost year-round. My experience with hunting property that has cattle on it is this. I don't mind it at all. In fact, I've kind of grown to love hunting field turkeys over the past three years or so. I've learned through a lot of the guests on this show how decoying and fanning can be used to my advantage. But I'm talking about hunting field turkeys, not hunting turkeys surrounded by cows. Nervous, curious, crazy acting cows. I don't think that Cows being in a pasture necessarily bother turkeys. I think they bother us, especially given the fact that they are curious and that that's just more eyeballs that we have to try to defeat. So what I have noticed in hunting property that has cows on it is when I enter the field with the cows in it, they're very nervous about my approaching them and they nervously get out of the way. As I walk past them, they usually will just kind of get into a line behind me and follow me, or they'll just go on about their business and continue eating. If they follow me, and it's not unusual that that happens, usually once I get into an area and I sit down after I'm there for about 10 or 15 minutes, the cows get bored and they move on. So the cows can mess you up, Levi, but... If you'll be patient and just let them go on about their business, then I think you'll find that those cows are really not going to be an issue for you at all. Those turkeys in that area are used to seeing those cows. They're used to being around those cows. And in fact, turkeys will get into those cow pastures and kind of scratch around in those cow patties a little bit and eat some of that new grass that's coming up. Or they'll turn over a patty and eat the little beetles underneath there. So 
cows being in a cow pasture can actually provide a food source for wild turkeys. And I know we don't want to think about wild turkeys eating anything that comes out of cow poop, but they do. So Levi, don't sweat the cows too much. I do recommend that you scout that property several times before season starts to see where those birds are coming into the field or the pasture and where they are leaving that pasture. You also want to know the times that they're doing that, how many there are, the number of hens, the number of gobblers and jakes, and don't forget that trail cameras can do some great scouting for you when you are not there. Just be careful of the cows messing with your camera. So you guys know that about 45 days ago, I spent a couple of days with Jeff Buds down in Florida, and he was showing me some pictures from one of his trail cameras that he had up where he had, I think, four Osceola Longbeards coming into a particular area every day. And one of the days while I was there, he's showing me pictures of the turkeys, pictures of the turkeys, pictures of the turkeys, and then all of a sudden, right in the camera, you see a cow's face. The very next picture from that same camera was pointed in a completely different direction than the camera was pointed before the cow's face came into the viewfinder on that camera. So that cow had messed up his camera, pointed it in the wrong direction. So keep that in mind when you're setting up those trail cameras that the cows can mess with them. So you want to be careful of that. And the other thing about the trail cameras on fields like that is that you probably want to get one of those trail cameras that can take pictures at program times. Those are perfect for larger fields or pastures. And since those birds don't have to be within a certain distance from the camera, oftentimes you can get pictures of birds that are farther away, even on the other side of the pasture, that a motion sensor camera would not take. In addition to that, those motion sensor cameras they take a lot of pictures of cows when there's cows in that pasture. So one of those cameras that'll take either a picture or a burst of pictures at a specific time that you program it to do that, that's the ticket. That's the way to go with the trail camera over there. Okay, so, you know, since we're on the subject of things beyond our control like cows while we're turkey hunting, let's talk about a few more. Obviously. There are a million things that can go wrong during a turkey hunt that we have no control over. Outside factors like predators, hens stealing away our toms, neighbors who are noisy, or neighbors who are hunting the property line, other hunters if we're hunting public land. And this sounds crazy, but just to go to prove the point that there are outside factors we have no control over that affect our hunts, I've got two buddies who had a Turkey hunt get messed up one morning by a helicopter that came into the area spraying herbicide on a cutover. They were working a bird on the edge of a cutover and a helicopter comes in to spray herbicide. And when they come in to spray, they come in low and spray and they scared off the wild turkey that these guys were hunting. So that kind of stuff happens. And I'm going to talk about a few of these and tell you how I've handled them in the past, whether I did good or bad. We never know when something similar may happen to us, and these quote-unquote case studies may be helpful for us. 
So let's talk predators first. I think I would be amazed to know how many hunts I've had affected by predators stalking the turkey that I'm trying to call in. I'm guessing the number is great, but I bet that I'm underestimating the real figure. And of course, there is no way for me to ever know what that number is for sure. I only know about the predators that I've called in or just seen in the woods. But one would probably think that if I'm calling in predators two or three times each season for the limited amount of time that I'm in the woods, then a wild turkey hen or gobbler has to be calling in three or four times the number of predators that I'm calling in. Now, when I see a predator while I'm turkey hunting, I always struggle with the decision of shoot it or don't shoot it. And I've let some predators walk without shooting them because I felt like I had a good chance to kill a turkey despite the predator's presence. In some of those hunts, I've even gotten up and scared off the predator without scaring the turkey that I was hunting in the process. And if I feel like I can do that, and again, if I feel like I have a chance with that turkey, then I will scare that predator off so that that predator does not mess up my turkey hunt. Now, if I don't think that I can move and scare the predator off without spooking the turkey, then in the past, I've normally just sat still and watched and hoped for the best. But as I'm talking about this now, I wonder if the better approach is not to just go ahead and ruin the predator's hunt by scaring the turkey off. I don't recall the best case scenario that I hoped for while sitting still watching a predator go after my turkey has ever worked. Usually the turkey ends up getting spooked and running or flying away by the predator anyway. So rather than take the risk of having that predator actually catch the turkey, maybe I should just get up and scare the turkey off anyway or take a shot at that predator in that case. Now with all that said, I've seen turkeys spot predators off in the distance and just stand motionless waiting on that predator to leave the area until the turkey felt comfortable that the predator was not an immediate threat to them and then they carried on with their normal routine. So I think with predators we have to consider how that turkey may perceive the threat of that predator. Is it an immediate threat? In other words, is that predator pretty close to the turkey? Or is it a threat that the turkey doesn't see as an immediate threat if maybe the turkey is watching a coyote or a fox or a bobcat on the other end of an 80-acre field or pasture? Now, one other thing to keep in mind is that if you see your tom get spooked and separated from his hens by a predator, then keep an eye on where that tom went and go after him. If he's by himself, he's going to get lonely. Male turkeys don't like to be lonely in the early spring. They're used to having female company. And when he gets lonely, he's likely to get vocal soon afterwards. And that is when you need to be in the area where you can hear him when he gets vocal and be ready to go after him. So really, we just have to use our judgment when it comes to having our turkey being hunted by a predator. I think that if the turkey that we're hunting is truly being hunted by that predator, then we're probably better off eliminating that predator and sitting still and quiet afterwards to see if we've scared the turkey off. We may not have, 
So in that case, we just have to pay attention to what's going on around us. And you know, 15 to 30 minutes later, start back with some soft calls and see if you don't hear some spitting and drumming or even a gobble. My experience is that if turkeys are spooked by a noise that's some distance from them, like a shotgun shot, then sometimes they'll just stay in the area but be very quiet until they process what happened and determine that it is not a threat to them. And we can benefit from that if we'll hang out in that area and be patient for a little while. Okay, another outside factor that probably affects the outcome of more hunts than predators do is a hen approaching a gobbling turkey. Again, there's no way to know how often this happens, but it certainly is more often than we realize. You know the drill. It's late season. A turkey's gobbling well on the ground after fly down and 15 minutes later, before you can even get the opportunity to sit down to call to that gobbling turkey, he shuts up. Meanwhile, another tom 400 yards away starts gobbling and you start in his direction. And by the time you get close enough to even sit down on him, he stops gobbling. 30 seconds later, the first bird, the one you just left, starts gobbling again. Now, I literally have spent the entire morning, some mornings, going from turkey gobble to turkey gobble to turkey gobble and never even sat down to hunt or call the first turkey. It just never happened on those days because we always want to hunt the bird that is gobbling, not the bird that is not gobbling. And what we don't know is if that bird that has been gobbling and just stopped will start back again. Or if he's called in two or three hens and is done gobbling for the day, which often happens early in the season. So we go after that turkey off in the distance that's gobbling. And a lot of times we end up in that back and forth, back and forth, and we never really sit down on a turkey. And if you've turkey hunted long enough, I know you've done the same thing too. But this is not exactly what I want to talk about because ultimately that's a great problem to have. At some point during the season, all those gobblers that are gobbling will be without hens. And that gobbling period in the morning will not stop and start. It will just stay on. Now what I am talking about are those late season hunts where you're set up on a gobbling turkey and he stops gobbling. And maybe you hear a hen make a soft cluck or a short yelp from the direction the gobbler has been all morning. We have to remember that gobblers gobble to attract hens. And when a gobbler has called in a hen, he doesn't need to gobble anymore right then. So he goes silent. But that silence does not mean that he has left the area. And so if we will sit tight and wait, sometimes, most times, 30 minutes to an hour later, that tom will start back gobbling again. And he may just even show up where he heard that hen, us, calling to him earlier. Now, sometimes while we're calling to that gobbling turkey, we'll actually see a hen approaching him. And if that happens, if we can move and try to scare her off without spooking the tom, then that is the approach to take. We should not be afraid to get up and run off an approaching hen from a gobbler that you're sure will not see you. That move alone can easily be the difference in turkey soup and turkey tag soup. 
So if the gobbler's going to see you chasing off that hen, then just sit tight, let her go to him, let nature happen. And if it's late season, eight times out of 10, maybe he'll start gobbling again after he breeds that hen that intercepted him. Now, if it's early season, we're probably done. Probably done. Unless we can try to call that hen to us. Or possibly even challenge that gobbler by making him think that another gobbler has entered his territory. But during early season, if those two strategies don't work, then that tom is likely going to follow that hen around all day long. Now, one final outside factor that we have no control of while we're turkey hunting that I want to touch on today is other hunters moving in on our goblin turkey. Now, obviously, this is a safety concern, and the best way to handle that situation is to always ask yourself before you act, what is the worst thing that can happen if I do X? What is the worst thing that can happen if I stay put and call? What is the worst thing that can happen if I get up and walk off? What is the worst thing that can happen if I stay put and stay quiet? Ask yourself those questions first before you do anything. Now, I have had instances in the past where, and you probably have too, the other hunter approaches the turkey from the opposite side of the turkey, and now the turkey is between us, and this is a terrible thing. If either I shoot or the other hunter shoots at the turkey, then we're aiming at the other person in that love triangle. That is a no-win situation, and the best thing that we can do in that situation is to try to crawl out of the area, away from the tom and the other hunter, and just let him or her hunt that bird. Now, if we see the other hunter approaching, then the best action to take in that situation is to call out in a loud voice, Hey, I'm over here! If the hunter continues, do it again, but louder. If he continues still you call out to him even louder. Do not move. Do not wave your hand. Do not make a turkey sound. Just keep sitting and calling out to that hunter louder and louder each time until he hears you, acknowledges you, and hopefully moves out of the area. Now, when that happens and the hunter does move out of the area, if the turkey that we're hunting has shut up because of the noise, then just sit tight and hang out there for 15 to 30 minutes before calling again to see if that turkey's still there and starts gobbling on his own. If he is still there and he does start gobbling on his own, then we're back in business. Now, if nothing happens after 30 minutes or so, then there's a good chance that that hunt is over. But we lived to hunt another day, and that's a win in any book. Also, and this is very important, never confront the other hunter. It is just a wild turkey, and you have people at home who love you and want to see you again. No turkey is worth a fist fight or getting shot over. People are crazy out there today, so don't be people. Don't be crazy. So to sum up today's show, first and foremost, be safe. Second, be quiet and be patient. Watch what's going on and remember the extent that the outside factor has scared the turkey that we're hunting should indicate to us whether that hunt is over or not. If our turkey was scared to death 
and flew off, then we're going to have to reposition on that turkey. It doesn't mean that that hunt is necessarily over, but we're going to have to move to a different area. If that turkey has flown off and likely flown three or 400 yards away and has been scared from that area that the turkey was in, that turkey likely is not going to come right back to that spot. He will eventually, but we don't want to have to wait in that spot for that long a period of time. Now, if an outside factor causes the bird that we're hunting to shut up, but does not scare it off into the next county, then we're probably okay. We just need to sit there and listen and be patient, keep our eyes and our ears open. And after a period of time, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, start back with some soft calls, some soft clucks, and very soft yelps. We have to remember that turkeys and flocks of turkeys get spooked every single day. They are used to having to get out of an area. And when they do get out of an area, if they get split up, they know that to find other turkeys, they've got two options. They can walk around and look for them for days at a time and hope that they find other turkeys, or they can call and try to call other turkeys to them or get other turkeys to respond to them so that they can go to them. So when a turkey gets spooked, that turkey's going to get quiet for a little bit, and then it's just going to go right back about its day. It does not mean our hunt is over. So I hope that this has helped some of you guys today, and I hope that you've enjoyed the episode. Now, before I let you go for the week, I have a favor to ask of you, and the favor is this. It's the same as last week. Please help me help you. If you will complete the end of year 2017 Turkey Hunter podcast survey, that would be a huge help to me. That helps me to get to know you a little bit better, you the listener a little bit better, and kind of give me some insight as to what you are looking for, what you want to learn more of, or hear more of on this show. The survey is 10 questions long. It is very quick. It literally will take you about two minutes to complete. And all you need to do to take the survey is this. Text the word HELP2018, H-E-L-P-2018. Text that to the number 44222. Once you do that, just follow directions and I will get a link to the survey to you and you can easily complete that survey from your mobile device. So it's very quick, very easy, much appreciated, and a huge help to this show. Part B of the favor that I need from you this week is email me your show topic suggestions or ideas. Email those show topic and suggestions to me to andy at iamturkeyhunting.com. Andy at iamturkeyhunting.com. Send me those ideas and topic suggestions and I will do my best to try to get that on an episode or covered in an episode for you guys. So that's it. That's my one favor, part A and part B. That's it. That is all that I've got for you guys for this week's show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices and I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. 
You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.